Cover two. Welcome, everybody, to the Cover 2 Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm here, like always, with my man, Human. How's it going, Human? Hey, man, it's going really well. I'm super excited. It is NFL Draft Week, and we are here for you with a couple segments today. Uh, Will, you want to let everyone know what we are going to be talking about today? Yeah, so we're, today we're going to be going over the running backs, the top five rookie running backs, and then... And an episode coming up, we're also going to talk about wide receivers and tight ends, or just pass catchers in general. I'm excited to hear about it. These are the probably the most fantasy-relevant positions that will be drafted. Uh, we did talk about quarterbacks. They typically, you're not going to have that many fantasy-relevant quarterbacks in year one. But wide receivers, running backs, and even specifically one tight end uh, will definitely have those values for you this coming season. Yeah, especially these running backs because uh, we had two, actually three this year, almost make the top ten um, from last fantasy season. So who's going to be that sneaky pick this year? I think I might have one or two ideas for that. Uh, so let's go ahead and get into the, the rankings for running backs. All right, awesome. Well, I'm going to get started, and I'm going to go with number one. Um, you know, I think that's our 1A and a 1B. Uh, but for me, I'm going to go with Travis Etienne. Uh, he is that guy that can you know, catch the ball, he can run, and I see him um, more fantasy value uh, this season because of his ability to do both. Um, you know, They say he's, he plays a lot like Saquon slash um, Alvin Kamara and is a type, and so I really think that he's going to make that fantasy impact this year and in the future. As he goes on, um, the Jets are said to take him probably at 23 uh, if they don't take the other guy we're going to talk about later. Um, but I really do see him being the running back of the future and especially for whatever team he does land on. I do like the pick. I like your destination for him. However, I disagree at the number one spot. So I guess for me, you'll be able to put in my number one and two because Etienne, I've got it too. Um, but let me talk about my number one, which is Najee Harris, which I'm assuming is going to be your number two. I prefer Najee Harris in the number one spot here because I just think he's more of a polished NFL caliber running back, a three down back, where with Etienne, he's got that great passing, or I'm sorry, that pass receiving ability. He is a great runner on the college level, but I think he's going to take a little bit of time to transition his game to the NFL game coming in and to, you know, to get those carries on first and second down. Where Najee Harris, I think he's ready for it. You know, six, about 6'2", 232 pounds, a little bit slower than ETN, but Najee Harris comes in as a third down back that can provide the pass blocking ability. He can uh, provide the receiving ability that ETN does as well, and he's got between the tackle ability, and he's, he's just, I think, the most complete back in this draft. Well, I agree. That's why he's at number two for me as well. And like I said, 1A, 1B. Uh, for these two guys, you know, he's got um, the ability to catch the ball, as you talked about. I see him more as a Derrick Henry, where if you think about Derrick Henry back in the day, it took him a year or two to kind of get used to it. He, granted, he was in a running back committee, but it took him a little bit to get his footing in the league. And I just see that for, for Harris. I think that, you know, ETN will be able to be used a little bit more creatively. So that's why I got him one and Harris at two. 
I'm going to keep going on and I'll move on to three. And for me, that's Trey uh, Sermon. I mean, Ohio State, he played well at Oklahoma as well. Um, he had 254 yards in that national semifinal game against Clemson, one of the best run defenses there is. So, you know, overall, um, I know that they've said his speed is questionable based upon everything that they did in his uh, pro day. Um, but he played for a big program, played big games, and as you can tell from what I said earlier, he had a huge game when it counted the most. And with him, he gave Justin Fields that time to find the open receivers in the play-action pass because they were afraid of Sermon. So I have him at three. I like that. Uh, I actually have him at my number four. I think we're going to probably do a flip-flop here through the running back, so you can go ahead and stick him in there for me at number four. My only knock on Trey Sermon is his pass-catching ability, uh, his agility. I don't think he's up there with the other three guys that I have ahead of, ahead of him. But I think, other than that, he is the, the fourth guy on the board here. He's going to be one of those mid-round pickups, and it really depends on where he ends up and what team, what unit he fits into, and how he's going to translate there. Because if he get, if he lands in the right spot with a good offensive line, some decent talent around him, I think he can provide pretty decent fantasy value this year. But the guy that I've got ahead of him at number three is Javante Williams out of North Carolina. I really think he's an undervalued player in this draft. And I'm not sure if it's because of the fact that we've got – Two North Carolina running backs, him and Michael Carter, they're both going to be drafted in this uh, upcoming draft. I, I don't know if he's being overlooked because of that and the fact that he split carries, but I see him as almost kind of a Le'Veon Bell. The way he watches holes open up and the way he gets into the hole right when it's there, he's got that patience, he's got that vision, he's got a low center of gravity, his balance is pretty unreal the way he takes, you know, he breaks tackles. He doesn't get tackled on that first hit. I, I really like him and think that he can end up being uh, one of those mid-round gems that come out of here that we're talking about down the road. Kind of like a, a Kareem Hunt almost all, in, in the same sense as to where I kind of, uh, his comps for me is a Kareem Hunt or a Le'Veon Bell. I like it. And, and as you would figure, I have him at number four. You know, you know, obviously the same things you said about being in a running back for committee style. Um, and, you know, he's more of a north and south running back. He's not is going to he's going to be in the tackles, breaking tackles. Um, and, you know, him and Trey Sermon to me were very, very close. Um, and so that's why I went Trey Sermon just for the big game potential. Um, but I do agree with you. He could be a gem and be great in a running back room that has that running back for a community system. And he does have great uh, fantasy value um, coming into this season. Um, and then with my number five, I'm going to go with uh, Jameer Jefferson from Oregon State. Um, I watched a bunch of his games this year, and he just flew um, off the TV. Um just because, not because of the stats, the stats are impressive, but just his ability to make the play when they needed it. Um, he did have six and a half yards per carry, which is impressive. Uh, and I think that you could see him play a lot like a James Robinson this year where he comes out of nowhere and becomes that starting running back. And I see him being a real big uh, fantasy sleeper for this season. 
I like that pick. I've got someone ahead of uh, him, though. I've got Jameer Jefferson a few spots lower in my rankings. The guy I've got at number five here might be a little bit of a shocker to you. Uh, it's Kenny Gainwell out of Kenneth Gainwell out of Memphis. Uh, he pops off the charts to me whenever you watch his film, whenever you see him running around uh, his pro day workouts. He's a smaller guy at 195. Uh, he's 5'11". He ran a 4440 and he's that shifty back. He's got that agility, that acceleration. And even with his size, he still has a good amount of power, averaging six and 6.3 yards per carry with 13 touchdowns at Memphis a year ago. So he did not play this past season. He did opt out. So we got his 2019 stats. Uh, but his film really stood out. He he's someone that I think that if he gets in the right system, especially with his pass catching ability, he's someone that could really shine down the road as a fantasy option. Well, it's, it's funny you say that because he was nine number six. I was debating between the two of them um, and really just gave uh, Jefferson the nod just because of him playing this season um, and being the consistent back. He was also the year before in that system. So um, I do agree with you. Uh, I watched him last year and he was just so Yes, he is undersized, but he didn't look undersized on the field. Um, and he was very explosive and had uh, changed a lot of games for Memphis that year. And I believe helped get his coach that job at FSU just because of uh, that how that offense ran because he was there. Yeah, absolutely. He's, he's kind of like that spark plug in an offense that he, he could hit that home run at any moment. Well, what is uh, somebody that, you know, you're thinking about, you know, because – Running backs are one of those people that they sometimes go in the first round. We might see two in this year's draft in the first round. Um, but they're all saying that at least the top three, uh, the ones that we you know said for the most part, are going to go in the first two rounds. Do you think that we'll get up to the point of you know, seven running backs, ten running backs in the first four? Uh, I think that's stretching a little bit. I think, I think we may see seven within – Within the first five rounds, I, I, I don't think it's that deep of a running back draft this year. I think the depth this year is definitely at wide receiver and quarterback. So I think, especially with wide receiver, which we'll, we'll talk about in the next upcoming show, but I think that's where we're going to see a lot of players taken in those first few rounds. But but I can see seven going in the top five, or I'm sorry, in the first five uh, rounds here. One of the things I want to talk about really quick is a couple – Teams, if you're if you've got players, whether on your dynasty rosters or if you're targeting players in the upcoming, you know, uh, redraft leagues, guys like James Robinson, um, he's one of those rookie running backs that you were talking about that were top ten finishers this past year. Uh, and you look ahead to project a guy like James Robinson or Antonio Gibson, which is another one of those rookie running backs you're thinking you're in good position with them. If you kept, if you're deciding whether to keep them or not Thursday night, the NFL draft going into this weekend is going to be a big indicator as to what you're really going to do with those guys. Because if the Jaguars, for example, if they invest that high draft equity into one of these running backs, that completely blows up the value of James Robinson. And while you may be thinking to yourself, why would Jacksonville draft a running back when they had a top 10 running back this past year? Well, they invested no draft equity into James Robinson. They had, the money's not tied to him. Uh, he wasn't Urban Meyer's guy. You got a new staff coming in there. 
they may want to go in their own direction and bring someone else in. And that could be terrifying if you're someone that's targeting James Robinson or you drafted James Robinson last year or you have him on your team, you're deciding to keep him. Same, same with Antonio Gibson. Yeah, Antonio Gibson had a great year. But will Washington draft another running back? Will they take someone in those first three to five rounds? And those are those spots where you got to really pay close attention in the first, I'd say first five rounds is where if a team where you've got a guy that you own or you're looking to target in a redraft league, if that team drafts a running back in one of those first five rounds, you got to be a little bit worried about the position that your running back is in going into the coming year and whether you need to pivot and look at other options and see what's going to go on there. Because if a team invests that draft equity into a running back that early, that spells a little bit of trouble, whether it's, you know, they're moving on from the person that's there or if they're looking to, you know, lighten the load by going into a running back by committee setup. Yeah. And we've got a lot of situations around the league where we have, you know, one guy that's really good, um, but probably not the best, you know, he's not, he's not the James Robinsons of the world that had an amazing year, um, you know, that are going to have those guys coming in and you're going to have to, you know, you're going to have to really manage to see what that back committee is because when you're getting ready to draft those running backs, you know, you always look um, at a running back, obviously, in the first two rounds, and you're going to be drafting probably at least one, maybe two rookie running backs as far as in your league that you need to know, okay, what is this situation going? Because you might not get a James Robinson, that's for sure, as your uh, your first-round pick or your second-round pick or maybe in your fifth round pick to be that guy uh, to lead your backfield in your fantasy season. Yeah, I think it's always a good idea to take a shot at, I mean, depending on where these players land, taking a shot, you know, mid, you know, if you're in a 14 round draft, maybe in the seventh, eighth round at one of those rookie running backs, unless it's one of the guys that's drafted in the first or second round, or if they go into a crowded backfield, now, like if Najee Harris ends up going to Seattle, if they end up drafting him or Etienne goes there, that to me is, hey, I'm probably going to reevaluate my late first round redraft league and maybe consider taking one of those two guys if they land in Seattle. Or the other one that I'm keeping a close eye on is Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. If they end up getting a hold of one of these top three running backs, and I could see them – I see. I can see Pittsburgh being a prime location for someone like Javante Williams, and if he ends up there, I may go. I may go pretty early on a guy that ends up in Pittsburgh because that's a great situation for a running back to end up in, or even a Seattle. Yeah, I mean, you know, Seattle didn't invest a lot into into Carson um, for this season. You know, they they paid him, but obviously, running back money isn't impressive, um, and so. I see them being able to go, like you said, get a running back that can make an impact and become a running back for committee because Pete Carroll likes to run the ball. He always has. Yeah, and I I wouldn't – even with Carson having gotten a payday, it's it wasn't that significant. It's And we know Chris Carson hasn't completed a season. He he's, hasn't stayed healthy. I know they're big on Rashad Penny that he's going to be able to kind of fulfill that second running back role, but again – he hasn't been able to stay healthy in two years as well. So I could see that if Najee Harris does slide to Seattle and they have the opportunity to jump on him, I could see them doing that. 
Well, we are going to jump out of here and, and head to our second episode coming up uh, this week where we go over running backs, we go over um, some pass catchers for you. Uh, so like always, like and subscribe. Make sure to uh, download us from Apple iTunes and Apple Podcasts. And you guys have a great day. Cover two. Cover two.